What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro Dude. And today, before we get into everything, I need to talk about our partner from Underdog Fantasy. If you have not already signed up for Underdog using the promo code SLOP, that's S-L-O-P, please do that today if you are able to, because we have a big announcement coming with Underdog later this week on de- December 15th. So on Thursday, when slop season officially kicks off, we're going to be doing something big with Underdog for this trade season. So please be sure to sign up if you're not already. Use their Pick'em, which I have given some tips on recent episodes about some choices for Pick'em. There's also their nightly draft contests on there as well that we have been doing for the NBA. If you have not signed up already, please sign up. It's going to be a lot of fun during this slop season working with Underdog. So... Sam, how you feeling, dude? You're looking and, and feeling great. Yeah, no, um, we uh, I had a uh, higher or lower with Underdog this weekend about uh, how many more um, weeks I would make it. Given, uh, <laughs> my eldest, happy to say, if you took the higher, you're walking away with some slop cash. Let's go. Uh, yeah, if you use promo code SLOP and you <laughs> be having the resiliency of a cockroach, you would have done very well. Uh, yeah, I feel great. Um, I, I was not in bed all weekend with the shivers. You know, you know when the everyone knows the best time to get sick, right? Yeah, that's while you're driving home on a Friday for work. Yeah, so you just get to yeah, you just get to be like sick the entire weekend. So I got that. You get to relax. Yeah, I got to relax. Uh, body chills, the whole thing. Um, now, I mean, I, I probably, you know, so there would have been other times that I wouldn't have done this podcast, but I didn't want these hateful little hogs to think that I was running from the grind uh, with the uh, the Warriors Celtics game. I have, I have, I have a poster of courage. I will face the music. I will, I will face this. You know, and, Sam- I, and I say this to Warriors fans. I say this to Warriors fans. It's one thing to get on me for sharing it positively, commenting in the article. This means I'm going to read it later. Perhaps you'd feel more comfortable in China if you think this is worthy. <laughs> yeah, so that, oh, sorry, that was a Nate Duncan tweet that I was reading. So, sorry, I I had a word doc, I had a word note that I wanted to read to Warriors fans, but I got mixed up with my Nate Duncan screenshots. So. Classic mix-up, classic yeah. mix-up. So Sam will repent for Jason Tatum's sins later in the episode. Uh, and we will go over the Celtics Warriors game, which happened this past weekend and discuss more of that. Just kind of, we'll give a little bit of an update where both teams are at right now, but before that, we need to get into the slop that dropped today and probably are probably our favorite team to just make fun of the Los Angeles Lakers are once again in the news for some truly amazing stuff here, specifically Bojan Bogdanovic is the name of the player that has come up in trade talks recently regarding the Lakers. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, Sam, but are you aware that Bojan scored 38 points against the Lakers last night? So I did not. Um, (laughs) And then immediately two articles today from Mark Stein and Shams came out connecting them to Bojan. God, I yeah, I, I wish it wasn't like exactly like I'm trying to decide if Lakers fans deserve this or not. I don't know. Like they guess they do, so I don't really feel that bad actually. Uh, but god damn, dude, 
fuck. It would be very it would be very funny if they traded one of their first round picks for Bojan after the Pistons got him for what? A a yeah. second and a Kelly Kelly Olinick. Like they Kelly got Olenek. Oh no, not even a second. It was a No, it was just Kelly Olinick and Saban Lee who they cut. That Okay, so that is All right. So in fairness to the Lakers, apparently they did try to acquire Bojan this offseason. Uh, before the, I believe it was before the Taylor Horton Tucker for Patrick Beverly trade. It sounds like they were trying to get Bojan for one of those picks, uh, or maybe they weren't. I, I believe it was. We we don't know the full details, but it was basically a construction that would have sent Russell Westbrook out, and they would have gotten back Bojan and some other stuff. And this was actually connecting. Uh, 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 there was a rumor, and it was confirmed by Sam Amick that Donovan Mitchell would have been sent to Charlotte in that trade, which was something I had not even known. But to be fair what? to the Lakers, they did try to get Bojan, but it didn't work out. Obviously, they go with Kelly Olynyk, who, like you know, we we think Kelly Olynyk's a, a solid, good player, but Bojan's better. And the Lakers then end up keeping Russell Westbrook, and now they're in a situation where they're probably not even going to trade Russell Westbrook in this trade because Westbrook's actually been like their third or fourth best player this year. They yeah. kind of need him, yeah. So they're going to trade. Patrick Beverly, who they already tried to trade, uh, or who, who they just acquired, and Kendrick Nunn is is the theory here. So they trade Nunn and Beverly because they're both expiring, and they both can add up to around what Bojan makes. They might have to throw in a minimum guy just to make the money work, but they could do that plus a, a protected 2027 pick is the thought here. That is That's like the construction of the deal that makes sense if they don't want to move on from Westbrook and it sounds like they kind of want to keep them now. So protections are, I, I guess, you know, with what's the word protections comes in, it all depends on the protections, right? Like top one, top two protection. Okay. Like that's interesting, you know, like um, now, but if we're talking a lottery protection, okay. So what happens if it, with these lottery protections, when, when, People say lottery protections. What you're asking is what happens if it falls in the lottery protected range? Because they can't, would it like go to the next round? Would they, so um, I can tell you what I know they could do, which, uh -huh. which is you can only protect a pick as far out as you can trade picks. Right. So, exactly. so if you're, so for example, right now, teams can trade picks until like 2030, basically. Right. Like you, you can trade a, a 2030 first, right now i believe yeah. and if that is the case you could lottery protect it in 27 maybe top 10 protect it in 28 or you could just go lottery protected all those years but at a certain point if uh it either becomes nothing or it becomes unprotected and in this case detroit would be taking the risk of a pick that's five years out already to start that's protect my thought behind it is that it's probably more like what the sixers have done which is top five protected like when they sent out their 2027 first to the nets they top five protected it uh in the in the past that's generally the top four top five top seven maybe but like a top 10 a lottery protected first they don't have a ton of value because of this like you're, you're basically if you're detroit you're like well what if the lakers are really good in 27 28 29 and then we just don't get a pick like it, it doesn't really make any sense to us no. to do that unless the upside is like this pick is top three protected, top five protected, whatever. 
then that has real upside to being like a decent good pick that we could then flip again like they did with the Milwaukee pick uh, after they traded Jeremy Grant and got Jalen Duren back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I think, I, I guess just what I, the same problem I have with this, because Bojan fits, right? Sure. We think like he actually does fit what the Lakers need, you know, gives them some scoring pop, gives them size on the wing, just something that a lot of teams need, by the way. Like, <clears throat> Incredible shooter off the catch. Well, and I guess that's the thing is like, if I were the Pistons and the Lakers are trying to like hardball me on this, like I would just wait, like, cause you don't like, they're going to, they're dealing from a position of weakness. I think everybody understands that about the Lakers is that like they, that front office is really feeling like the pressure here to, you know, LeBron, Clutch, Anthony Davis, all the all this, they've made their bed, so to speak, and now they've got to kind of lie in it. They've got to provide a team that gives them at least a puncher's chance. Sure. Um, and I do think, you know, I think it would be a different story if they're in the West. To the Lakers, very slight credit. I, there, I don't think there's any chance of them winning, um, you know, three or, God forbid, four series in a row. But they could win a series in the West. The West Which- is... Which, which we've talked about before. Lakers are one yeah. of like the three or four teams where winning playoff series and being competitive actually matters because they get free agents. Right. Exactly. So, you know, uh, I, I, I guess what I would just what I would say about this thing is that like you know the Lakers are going to give you the best offer. Don't let them like shortchange you. If they're trying to like protect the picks and stuff, you just got to be like no, 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 no. <laughs> like I, I think if some somebody some team out there some uh this is like it only takes one idiot i know if the lakers get away with protecting a pick like through like if they get through this tree this slop season yes. without w- with sending out a pick that is protected there are going to be 28 gms in the league who are really pissed <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, like because they they just have no options like yeah i mean the pacers and the, jazz, the pacers and the jazz both have have basically said like like at a certain point and said like come back when those picks are unprotected and we'll talk but because the pacers are not doing it without uh for the buddy healed miles turner thing the jazz have had a few different guys over the course of months that the lakers have been interested in and they're basically like we have no interest unless those picks are unprotected for the obvious reasons we stated unprotected picks have crazy value they generally speak the lakers are kind of dealing from a point of weakness because it's the only two assets they have with two of the greatest players of all time on their team. And that championship window, if it even is open at all, it's closing very fast. If if you believe that the Lakers are contenders, I don't think either of us do, but I think that the Lakers have to think they are. And I think that there might be people around the league that think they are. So they're going to use that against the Lakers for sure. hundred percent. But I don't know if you caught this. I know it's like an ongoing joke when whenever Harrison, uh, you know, our mm-hmm. our Lakers insider comes on the podcast, the uh, clutch shill that he is, he'll come on and he'll talk about how there are three kinds of Lakers. There are three kinds of players that the Lakers generally acquire. One is obvious, the clutch guys, um, the former Lakers that have played for the team already, the Thomas Bryants, those kind of guys. Sure. And then the third one, which is Bojan, who we who we're talking about right now. And the thing with Bojan is that obviously he scores thirty eight points. And I learned something very very funny in in Harrison's article, which is that 
Anthony Irwin, who uh, hosts a Lakers podcast himself, yep. he, him and Tim underscore NBA were talking about on the Lakers exceptionalism podcast uh -huh. about how the Lakers don't watch other teams' games unless they're playing the Lakers. So, like, for example, Bojan goes off and he scores 38 points and then the Lakers are interested in Bojan. And it's like, it's because the Lakers don't watch Pistons games unless they're playing the Lakers. And yeah. that's, that's like Doc Rivers when he had a player, the, the GM power in like the Clippers. Do you remember like, Josh he like, he like Byron Mullins destroyed the Celtics one uh -huh. game, like when, when Doc was the coach. And he like signed Byron Mullins like the next season as like the Clippers GM like guy. Incredible. Fucking awesome. Like that that's the same shit. Like I if I, look, I get it to a certain extent. Like, you know, why be bothered to do your job? Like it's LA, it's fun. Like sure. LA is a town where that is defined by not by no effort. Like, like yes. you, you don't it's that is a who you know town, so it's more about keeping falling upwards. Talk, yep. Yeah, talking to people. Yeah, you know, connecting. Um, it, what actually, what you, how good you are at your job is completely irrelevant. A hundred percent, completely irrelevant. Yeah, absolutely. So, that well, Rob Palenka just got extended, <laughs> right? Well, like, like it, it just it happens with like all of this other stuff. I mean, that is what. That is how things work for most clutch clients. It's like, yes. do you deserve a twenty million dollar contract? I don't know, probably not. But uh, <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know this guy who knows LeBron. So hey, like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, sign me up. You know, that, look that's if, a, if the contract fails, we can always trade him to the Lakers in two years. <laughs> it's, it's a perfect. I don't know. It, it's a. It's some, there's something very perfectly LA about that. Um, you know, uh, God, that is so funny though. God, so. I, I, it actually goes a little bit deeper oh, than that. And this was my favorite oh, part okay. of it in the midst of this joking that Anthony and Tim had on the podcast, Tim was informed by someone after this, that the Lakers actually don't have any pro scouting department. So they have no one that watches other games. What? They literally don't have like, they have a scouting department for like college guys and international guys, but they don't have a single person on their scouting team that watches other games. So, like that's like a thing in the NBA, and they that, just don't have it. Hold on, hold on. This is breaking. I swear to God, I swear this is to God, you can't. What? 100%. You can't. They, what? You just they have don't. your head coach do it? Like, what does he tell the guys going into the game? Like, uh, we think this guy is pretty good. I mean, you just have I think guys do it. Like, what? I guess, I guess they're video coordinate. Like, like they have like they. I'm sure they scout other teams, but like they don't have any sort of designated people that are pro scouting for players on other teams and for overseeing all of this. Like, this is fascinating. There's my, no. I mean, it's incredible. Like the like we joke about the uh, genie bus because she got the the PPP loan during COVID and like how the, but the Lakers really cut corners. Like they are a small business. No, I mean, they, they just cut corners. Like they're run shitty. They're, they're yeah. doing the Twitter thing. It's an Elon Musk Twitter thing. Like what the fuck? Like, Oh my God, dude. I don't understand. That's like one of the only departments you actually need to have. It's like that advertising, like, like the people who actually run the fucking building and like yeah. sell tickets and like the and the coaching staff like the next thing you need is the oh my god dude that's so bad yeah
So that actually horrifies me. So they don't have that. I I really I just want like I want an office Parks and Rec style mockumentary show about the Lakers. Like and this iteration of the Lakers. But this is the thing. You have any idea how many guys are so starved for NBA jobs? But like we know them. We are friends with them. Sure. Guys who would for five thousand dollars and like uh I don't know. (laughs) Uh, uh, like a, a a a morgue drawer where they just they, they lay it in that's their housing. <laughs> they they would do that job to have a job in the NBA, and you can't fill that job. Like seriously, what is minimum wage? Like what is minimum wage? You can <laughs> you can do that job for minimum wage. I guarantee you, you would have thirty applicants. Like, I, I'm so I cannot believe this. This is so insane. That is so insane. How do you not have a If you're listening to this, Genie Bus, Sam wants you to exploit more people. So so put it up on Craigslist so for minimum wage. Indeed.com. You're a terrible <laughs> capitalist. You have any idea. God damn it. You're not even a good, like, this is what I'm saying. It's just, that it's bourgeoisie versus the capitalists. She really is. I've, I, my joke with the Lakers is they've always been Lucille Bluth. Bluth. It's yes, like, 100%. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a banana, Michael. What could it cost? Fifteen dollars. It's 100%. It's a scouting staff, Michael. What could it cost? Two billion dollars. <laughs> like, it's oh my god, dude. I, I cannot believe that is truly insane. It's truly uh, insane. I, after learning this, I, I have to say I'm very upset that PJ Tucker didn't go off against the Lakers the other night when we played them. Because if that's the case, we're getting an article today about the Lakers being interested in PJ Tucker. Oh man. But yeah, so so some Lakers uh, comedy, some more Lakers comedy actually here. Uh, probably Sam's favorite part of this article was that the Lakers have expressed interest. We've known that they've been interested in Cam Reddish for a while. I think we've even joked about um, Cam being the third guy along the the lineage of athletic guys who suck on their first team like Malik Monk and Lonnie Walker. And then Cam Reddish would be the third. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. Well, first off, we're we're banned from the podcast. I don't care if he scored 19 points. Okay. 19 points against the Heat. You can't can't stop the truth. It's coming. It's coming for you. Look, I want to slander the Heat. If there's anything I want to do is slander the Heat, but I draw the line at Romeo Langford praise and any capacity. Okay. He's coming. NBA starter, Romeo Langford. He is on his way. It's gross. He looks like he looks like a TikTok teen. All right. Exactly. Um. So I. So the one thing about. Okay. So the one thing about um. This new rumor is that they so they're interested in Cam Reddish, and Evan Fournier are the two guys that Perfect. they could potentially be interested in. To be fair to the Lakers, in the Shams article, it was it was not the way that it was spelled out was not like it wasn't like they were including the picks. They to, I'll read it straight up. They've discussed concepts with New York's Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier sources said. So that that's all. It doesn't say that they're, they would include any of the picks. Unfortunately, I wanted to laugh at the Lakers and say like, Hey, like, this would be insane to trade one of those first for an expiring Cam Reddish who couldn't even get a second deal and Evan Fournier who has one of the worst contracts in the NBA, but it yeah. could be 
it could be a structure where it's basically just Kendrick Nunn and Patrick Beverly for those yeah. two straight up. And it's the Knicks are just trying to get off the Fournier contract a year early. Yeah. And they'll include Cam Reddish to get off of it. Like that's it's two years early, right? No, he has a player option on the last year. We we or I'm sorry, a uh, he's a non guarantee or something on the last right. Year. But there's three years left though, right? So it's this year and next year. So yeah. the Lakers would be taking on this year's Evan Fournier deal and next year, and then he's okay. then he's like not guaranteed or it's a team option on the last okay. year or something. So so really that trade isn't horrible if you're giving up like a second round pick or nothing. Uh, I mean, I don't think it moves the needle in any way, but I'm assuming that this would just be an alternative to, hey, we couldn't find any good deals with our picks. At least we got in Cam Reddish, who we can now extend uh, this offseason and match because we'll have his restricted free agency rights. And also Evan Fournier, who is a shooter and like I guess he would be like a bench guy for them. I, I don't like it, to be honest. Like, I, I just... Also, doesn't work on the trade. Like uh, the Lakers need to send more if it's just how much Beverly and Dunn. It's only a million, so you could send like Thomas Bryant or one Scott away. Probably just send Damian like, Jones, who's not in the rotation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think okay, yeah, that'll that would work. Like adding Tuscano Anderson works, but like so that's the thing is it's like it's got to be a three for one. Also, like is is Patrick Beverly. Like Patrick Beverly plays for them. You know what I'm saying? Like he's, it's not, like he's, he's not been good though. From everything I've heard, he's been like pretty bad. Which I mean, I wanted Patrick Beverly on the Sixers before the year. So like I'm not even gonna sit here and act like I saw this coming. But uh he is currently shooting 29% from the field. That's pretty bad. And just... 23% from three. Like his numbers are horrible, and apparently his defense hasn't even been that good. So I mean, I guess, um, but then it has to be totally. I guess, I guess, yeah. I guess if the Knicks are getting off of the forty-eight contract early, that just seems like even if Beverly's been bad, which I just I'm skeptical that that would be bad. You're still you're the Lakers, and you're giving up eighteen million dollars of your flexibility. That doesn't seem good. <laughs> okay, so so here was my thought. Okay, and this might not be. I guess it doesn't really make any sense now that I think about it because my thought was maybe they're trying to bring in Evan Fournier as expiring money for next year. If they get to keep their picks and then they can trade those two picks along with Evan Fournier's contract. That was my thought. But now that I think about it, I'm not sure that they would even have the cap space to be able to go out and sign Kyrie. And I think that all of this is kind of based around that. Like I think they don't want to take on long-term money or big money that they can't easily get off of uh, because they want to sign Kyrie this off season. But like, if you're taking back Evan Fournier, that kind of goes out the window, unless you just trade him into like cap space or trade exception. And at that point, what are you even getting back? That makes it worth it. Like, yeah, I, 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 it's, I, I think with, I'm not, I'm not positive on this. I'm going to check real quick while we're talking, but like, so the reason I, I say this is because while you're looking that up, I suggested why don't they try to just get Miles Turner and then after the season they can sign Kyrie and then they can use Turner's bird rights to extend him. But I was informed that they would actually have to renounce Turner's rights to get the cap space to sign Kyrie. 
just because yes. like they, they still have Anthony Davis and LeBron on massive contracts. Like, and the rest yes. of the, it would basically be those two plus a bunch of minimum guys in Kyrie. Like that's really the only way they can do it unless they can get the nets to agree to a sign in trade. And maybe that's what they had in mind here. It's like, let's just get salary filler that yep. in case, and we could just send like a first round pick for Kyrie and then try to keep the other one. Yeah. So salary caps projected at 134. Yeah. Uh, is Kyrie a 10 year? He's got to be 10 year by now. hundred uh, percent. So uh, yeah, yeah, no, he's at 10. He's so, 11th year. Yeah. It would be like a 35% max for that. Um, yeah. I, I just, you, you need all your cap space. It, it yep. seems like without like, I, I just don't see a way. Maybe he takes work. a slight discount. Maybe he takes like a yeah. just to make it work discount, but like I, I don't. He certainly talked himself into that. <laughs> like, he almost took the the MLE last year. Yeah, we don't know if that was actually real, but no. I mean, you the the they basically need they can't really afford to take on anybody one way or the other. Like, yeah, exactly. That's like, yeah. I mean, it would be forty six point nine and ninety eight. Yeah, no. So they're 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 like ten million short, like right now. Uh, basically the bottom line is the Lakers can't have the best of both worlds here. They either have to choose punning on this season and signing Kyrie next year, or they have to choose. Let's get guys who can help us win now that might have some extra years attached to their contract or like miles Turner who like is expiring, but you could theoretically resign him. But in that case, you're not getting Kyrie unless you can get the, 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 sign and trade with the so the nets if the lakers were smart and i were giving them the benefit of the doubt which i absolutely do not what the the idea behind this trade might be you do this with the intention of trading russ later on down the line because you do it this is a pick new you know you're not you're not using the picks here in this sure. evan fournier thing so you're sending out um you know non-beverly and yeah but but you send out Westbrook in whatever other deal. I don't know sure. who the Jazz, Pacers, whatever. And assumingly in that deal, you're using one or both of your picks to get back multiple good guys, right? So maybe what the plan is at that point is Kyrie side and trade with a couple of those guys yeah. going back to Brooklyn. Buddy Heald uh, or something. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, you yeah. know, do Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. You know, you keep Miles Turner, but Buddy Heald and Evan Fournier go to Brooklyn or something like that. You know, like or maybe someone else. You know what I'm saying? And then, sure. and then Kyrie signs and you go. Now you're hard capped at that point. Sure. Which presents another element. It presents a whole other sl- I don't have to tell you guys. You guys know how fun operating yeah, the hard cap is. Yeah. So <clears throat> you know, maybe, but I, I would if if the Lakers were smart and they were sniffing around constructions like that, I would think maybe that is what they are thinking. Is that this is not an either or deal. This is a the idea is to do this in conjunction with a Russell Westbrook trade. And the idea the way that they're going to acquire Kyrie is a side of trade. You could talk me into you could actually talk me into that even even if you just forgot about the Kyrie part, like mm. you could talk me into them acquiring Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier as bench pieces if they yeah. were trading for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Because if you yeah. if you get if your starters are Buddy Heald, 
Lonnie Walker, LeBron, AD, Miles Turner, and then you don't have to really depend on Fournier and Reddish, and they can kind of be bench guys that might be in or out of your rotation, depending on how they're... Both of those guys' values come down to really how how well are they shooting. Because, like, Evan Fournier is not shooting well to start the year. He's shooting 34% from the field as well, 33% from three, and we know he has defensive issues, as we've stated many times on the podcast. Cam Reddish is, like... Like I did a joke. I was joking in the discord the other day, but I did a flirting versus harassment cam reddish, 32% career three point shooter flirting, uh, Matisse Thibel, 31% career three point shooter Mm, harassment. harassment. Yeah. Like, but like cams value really all cams value comes down to is, is the three point shot dropping or not? Because if it is, then it's like, all right, you got an athletic defender who can do some things and can shoot and whatever. But like he's shooting since he got to the Knicks, he's shooting like 29% from three. And like, then it, then it becomes like, it, it, it basically only, the only way you're doing this deal is if the Knicks want to get off that Fournier contract uh, a year early, a year and a half early, technically, I guess. And you're very invested and interested in developing Cam Reddish in the same way that you did with Malik Monk and Lonnie Walker. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a, it's a fair enough, it's a safe enough bet, you know, yeah. like I, I think like, you know, whatever, like, I think that is a win-win in the scenario in which the Lakers are not doing anything with their cap space, sure. which is a pretty big assumption. Cause that's the thing that like really kills it for me is like, if they're planning to sign a free agent, then you absolutely cannot take on eighteen million dollars. Yeah, but you know, neither here nor there. But anyway, uh, we're assuming the Lakers are a functional team. You know, like <laughs> so. I we're think assuming they're going to do the right thing, and that's not a, a good that's bet. Not, yeah, I was going to say we're assuming a team is is thinking this far ahead, but they literally do not have a scouting department. <laughs> that is insane. I like I still haven't recovered from that. Well, okay. Uh, who would win in a fight? The Suns non-existent scouting, actual scouting department, or the Lakers non-existing pro scouting department, where they don't like, scout other. The, the Suns at least get good players. Jacques Landell ended up on the Suns, you yeah. know, like like even without their scouting department, like Damian never, Lee's been great for them. Yeah, I like look shit on the Suns all you want. Like it is kind of a big dick move to just be like, yeah, our coach is fucking awesome. We can just hand him whatever garbage and he'll make doesn't it matter. Work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just run around Devin Booker. You'll figure it out. That's yeah, fine. Um, but shout out, Mon- shout out Monty. Yeah, he's been clearly he's, clearly doing a great job. He's really uh, good, man. He's he's a, he's a great coach. He's nobody's I, had to deal with worse shit than him, and he's just like fucking going with it rolling with the punches Famous- Aiden just like fucking hates him for like seemingly no reason besides he played bad once and it's like <laughs> <laughs> and, he told and- him to like stop playing video games and he's like fuck you old man <laughs> just <laughs> you're not my dad <laughs> yeah just getting so mad at him i never talk i'm never talking to you again all summer <laughs> um one of my favorite Monty stories is actually from it involves the Celtics. Actually, I'm sure you remember this fondly. Uh, when there was the first time that Chris Paul got traded, when he got traded, ended up got traded to the Lakers, and they vetoed it. They traded yeah. to the Clippers, whatever. There was a a rumor that the Celtics were going to trade for him, yeah. and it was going to be a deal built around Rajon Rondo. And when they asked Doc Rivers why he didn't do it, like years later. He had apparently said in behind closed doors, 
he didn't want to send Rondo uh, to New Orleans because he was friends with Monty Williams and he didn't want to put that on him, basically, because he hated Rajon Rondo so much. <laughs> God, I love I love Rondo. What a little weirdo. He's he's like one of he is one of my favorite Celtics of all time. That, that 40 burger he put on the, the heat in a game they should have won, by the way. I, I'm, I'm still mad. That that is the, the game two of that Eastern Conference Finals is still the most bad sports has ever made me. I know Rondo was good for you guys, but imagine no. if you had created, traded for Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, it would have been because Rondo like tore his ACL. Like, and then yeah. it was just never the same again. Yeah, yeah so, exactly. Like, yeah, that's, I, I mean, I think if they knew he was going to tear his ACL, they probably would have done it. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. No, well, they, want, they were the ones that wanted to do the deal, but Doc basically held it up like i think danny wanted to do the deal because he knew how good chris paul was well, also danny just has no yeah no, no soul anything. he has no yeah, yeah. it's so funny that danny is like just a like has no soul is just the ultimate like trade everyone guy uh, but the only time like that hasn't been true was like terry rosier who's like in trades for like years and years was like a John Collins like figure as times yeah, he was on the trade block and, and and Danny and like they would ask Terry to like come on like uh, Boston Sports Talk Radio and he's like yeah Danny's never gonna trade me like like he was like literally on like I don't know I think it would have been a barstool thing or something mixtape yeah he yeah he and he, and he, he like, co-hosted he, like, a podcast for a summer <laughs> yeah. for barstool and he like he FaceTimed Danny and asked if we traded me like like as a joke because he knew he wasn't getting traded. Traded, which was is crazy when there's insane amount of rumors, but Danny really did love Terry and was never going to trade him. The only That's time they so traded funny. him was like almost at Terry's request. So yeah, for his own good, twenty yeah. million dollars for like, yeah. way more than he was ever going to get. So well, speaking anyway, of, I, I, I said it on that. a pod. I said it on a podcast I went on last night. If I were the Lakers, I would be interested in Terry Rozier and PJ Washington. Yeah, that would be, be a trade that because like that's like. Okay, so with PJ Washington, it's like, okay, instead of targeting Cam Reddish, who's like a guy from the 2019 draft who's not good, why don't you target PJ Washington, a guy from the 2019 draft who is good? And also, you get Rogier shooting, and like you yeah. can extend PJ Washington after the season. That deal makes more sense to me from the Lakers' perspective than a lot of the deals that have been out there. Terry was really good. Like, Terry's and he's also been, 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 he's been proven in the playoffs. That, yeah. that hospital Celtics team, go back and look at the stats. Like, Oh, believe me, Tatum, I know. Tatum was, I think, barely the best player, but you could make an argument that Terry Rozier was the Celtics' best player in that In playoffs. the, the Sixers series, I was pulling my hair out. He was <laughs> fucking nailing pull-up three after pull-up three. We couldn't do anything about it. It was driving me absolutely insane. He literally ended... Eric Bledsoe's career. That was yeah. Well, he was never the same after that. He's trip. literally in China now. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Uh. All right. So just did shambles for for Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> <laughs> fate worse than death in Nate Duncan's eyes. We can cut that if you need. To. <laughs> no, you're good. Um. Okay. So. All right, let's talk a little bit more about the other rumors that were mentioned in here. They're mostly the same things that we've gone over, which is uh, the Jay Crowder deal fell through. um, That was supposed to be Jay Crowder to the Bucks. The Rockets got, uh, in that case, the Rockets would have got 
Grayson Allen and four second round picks from the Bucks, and then the Suns would have got Eric Gordon and possibly KJ Martin. And I'm assuming Dario Saric would also have been sent to the Rockets for salary filler there. It doesn't really sound like the Crowder to the Bucks thing has any more legs. Like the Bucks don't really have first round picks to trade. The I uh, honestly I kind of just wanted to bring this up because it feels like it feels like there is no market for Jay Crowder. That seems crazy. Like the Bucks really want him, but like they just can't give a first round pick for. Well, they they have Grayson Allen. They want to trade. Yeah. That is what they want to do. Is they want to trade Grayson Allen for Jay Crowder, mm-hmm. and they just have no combination of other assets that can make that trade happen. Well, they have their the twenty twenty nine first, but you're not going to trade a pick that's eight years out or seven years out. And also on top of that, other teams are like, what do we want to pick for seven years out? And like, you're not going to trade an unprotected, like Jay Crowder is going to be a free agent after this year. Like, yeah, I, I, I think if, if, if you were the bucks, you yeah. probably just have to move on to other guys because it does seem like the Jay Crowder thing just isn't going to happen unless you can get Houston back on board. But in this article, it said Houston wanted uh, a first round pick for Eric Gordon, which They've already turned down multiple firsts in the past for Eric Gordon. I know the Sixers offered theirs. We ended up getting DeAnthony Melton, and it's worked out a lot better for us, I think. And Eric Gordon, in addition to that, they also want a first for K.J. Martin. So, like, they want two first-round picks for Eric Gordon and K.J. Martin, and that construction just isn't going to work. I just, like, the market for Jay Crowder is... Basically because of... It's the exact thing we talked about in the last episode, which was... Every team has kind of already made their move with their first round picks. Like the Bucks sent out all theirs for Drew Holiday. The Sixers sent out two of theirs for Harden and to get off the Horford contract. Like the Nets already made their all in move for Harden the first time. Like there aren't teams that have just extra first round picks lying around unless they are the teams that wouldn't be interested in uh, trading for Jay Crowder because they're rebuilding most of them. Well, I mean, maybe we talk about this then because this leads into like, because there are teams that have their first round picks, but they're finding themselves. The two teams I'm thinking of in particular are two favorites of the show in the Miami heat and the Toronto Raptors who do have the ammo to make these trades but all of a sudden, their teams don't seem as good. Yes. It seems a lot more risky to yeah. spend up a, a big thing on these teams than it did, you know, let's say last offseason. You know? When you could, when, when it could be like the 13th pick in the draft, and you're like, oh, great, we just gave up like the 13th or the 15th pick in the draft for Jay, for Jay Crowder. <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, you know, Jay's a nice player, but like, if, if you're, you're basically what you're saying is you have to readjust what you thought that this year's pick was going to be, even though you do own it, but like, you can't just send that out for any random role player unless you really believe that this start of the year was an anomaly and an outlier. And the heat have been linked to Crowder a lot. And they, they were brought up once again in this article. And that's the team that makes the most sense to me of the teams that we've talked about, because they need a four. He's played there before. And then in, well, he's played for like every fucking team in the NBA. Yeah. But 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 mainly the big thing for this was, and it was mentioned in the article, is that they actually, they cannot trade. They haven't had the salary to match because no one wants to take the Duncan Robinson contract. Uh, Phoenix doesn't want to take on long-term money, so they can't even get off that contract if they wanted to. 
So Victor Oladipo and Dwayne Deadman. Victor Oladipo, I believe, becomes tradable this week. I think Dwayne Deadman's a little bit longer, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, maybe January 15th for him. Um, and so those two contracts are then movable for a guy like Jay Crowder. But you once again kind of run into this issue where like, unless Phoenix is just like, yeah, we just want the first from Miami, like a future first or this year's first. Like, what are they taking back? Like Dwayne Dedman, uh, Gabe Vincent, and I don't know, fucking Nikola Jovic. Like, is yeah. that the construct? Like, there's not a lot of constructions that make sense from Phoenix's side where uh, they're getting back guys that can help them win now because that's what they want is like when they were getting Eric Gordon then it made a lot more sense because Eric Gordon will just pop right into their rotation and be like a key contributor for them or they were getting both especially if KJ Martin was also involved in that deal because then you get a a prospect as well so like I don't know the heat seemed to be in a situation where like I didn't realize this I don't know if you know this Victor Oladipo's deal is this year and next year he's a player option next year he does, yes. I didn't know that. That's bad for Miami. Yeah, I. They didn't have a choice. Yeah. No, that's the thing. Like, they've. I mean, they've been doing. They've been running on. Going back to that, because they really botched that. They should have been screwed for a while. The Jimmy Butler trade like saved them basically. Like, yeah. The Jimmy Butler trade and then like drafting Bam like save that like like tyler hero is, is about right but like bam is the one that really the draft pick that like really hit for them tyler yeah. hero is kind of whatever you know i think there's a little empty stats there but the jimmy butler getting jimmy butler for what uh josh richardson and uh that's it it was just josh richardson it was literally just josh richardson we we traded jimmy butler for josh richardson yes Oof. it's tough it's very tough. That's, That's why anytime someone sends me like, hey, would you trade Tobias and Maxi for Jimmy Butler? I'm like, we had Jimmy Butler on our team. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to give up on the Sixers if this happens. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. The podcast is canceled. We're done. We're out of here. I just, so, but, but I mean, I guess, I guess to your point though, is like, we are in a weird place where it's like the Celtics have some picks, but they 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 really they just kind of don't draft anymore. They just on draft night just trade their guys for yeah. <laughs> like like so they've done that like three they've done that three drafts in a row. Basically. Most contending most contending teams are doing that now. Yeah, like Brad Stevens got the job and was just like, okay, we're not drafting this pick. We're taking Al Horford for Kemba. Uh, Derek, we're trading Derek White, so we're not gonna have a pick in this draft. And then, uh, oh, next draft, no, we're not doing anything. We're getting Malcolm Brockton. So they, they're all, like you said, Bucks, Drew Holiday, all that stuff. Uh, Deontay, Dejounte Murray, the Hawks made that deal. That's like you said, over leverage. Uh, Sixers leverage with Harden. Um, the uh, Cavs have traded for Donovan Mitchell, so they're you know it's crazy. Um, Taxed out, so you really do work your way all the way down to the Pacers, who are basically, you know, trying to tag ostensibly. Uh, we think, but or not, yeah. Um, the Knicks, who have like some fake firsts, but are just have like no NBA players on their roster. Like, how many <laughs> NBA players do the Knicks have on their roster? Like four. I think the Knicks have NBA players. I just don't think that they're NBA players that really move the needle for most teams. Like, I think that they're NBA pl- Like, I think they have guys, if anything, I think they have a lot of players. They're all just mid players. <laughs> like, so how many guys on the Knicks do you think could 
be in a seven-man rotation in for a playoffs? team that won a playoff series. Just first round, first round playoff series. Actually, let me pull up their roster right now. Because I, I I think it's... Jalen Bronson, obviously. We already know Jalen I was going to say, there's, there's one, I think. I think there's one. <laughs> oh, my God. I think it's Jalen Bronson. <laughs> um, no, maybe Isaiah Hartenstein, actually. I think I think Mitchell Robinson could too. I mean, I think that it, it, I think so. I think he could. I, I, I maybe I'll give Emmanuel quickly the benefit of the doubt too. But it's top seven, yeah, I could give I could see quickly in there. Yeah, and then it, it's too early to say with some of their young guys. I like uh, I, I like Deuce McBride, but like he's barely played in the NBA. Um, and then Quentin Grimes, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe eventually. But like, yeah. it's definitely. It's, oh my god yeah it's probably like four or five guys like yeah that's pretty tough it's it's really bad so they, they just have no talent so then and then you go to the next level which is the raptors and heat um the bulls don't have any first round picks behind them so it's yeah. really the the first time you have a team that maybe it, it, like the pacers are not going to be buying right like no. they, i think that's insane to think right like so really in the East, all you're talking about is <clears throat> everyone's kind of stuck looking at the Raptors and the Heat. I think that's what Zach Lowe was alluding to on his podcast. By the way, shout out Chris Vernon for calling him out for um, Raptors Compromat. That was awesome. Did you listen to the Lowe post? Where... Did he say, I, I did listen to it, but I didn't well, catch the part where he said. Vernon called him out for being like, what do you mean you've heard of things? Like, what are they saying about the Raptors? A 500 team? <laughs> Nobody's talking about that. Like he, he was, he just, he gave Zach shit for, for like, say, cause I think, I think he thought Zach was trying to go back to the sleeping giant in the um, yes. East thing. And yeah. like, Vernon by the way, I think, I, I think, the, I think they're two and five since Zach made that comment, by the way, oh, God. with like three blowout losses. Two losses to the Orlando Magic, yeah. Zach, Zach really fucked them. Yeah. I feel, I do feel kind of bad for Raptors fans now because they're like kind of like they don't really know who to. They're they're turning on Nurse, which yeah. is very funny because like this is not his fault. He's like a fine coach. Like he's I like, yeah, like yeah, he's pretty good. Like I, he's a demon, but like yeah. this is probably not his fault. Like you guys have like they have like six NBA players. That's the it, problem with the Raptors. Is it his fault that Precious Achua is terrible this year? Like I don't, yeah, I, don't I don't know. So. Like I, yeah. like maybe maybe construct a team that has multiple players who can play on offense, and then we'll talk. Well, just you know, maybe maybe put some safeguards in place just in case your rookie has a very predictable sophomore slump, <laughs> yes. and him not being one of like the three best young players doesn't just happen again for no reason. Yeah, and so, and, and that's got the I don't know, but anyway, I I guess I guess that's what I'm saying is I feel like this is all going to be informed by what happens. Like the Raptors and the Heat are the teams that are holding which direction do they go in the heat are the obvious ones that like i've been saying for a while i think the teams that should be pushing in the chips now because their theoretical window might even be closed already like Mm. like the heats like we've talked about like the heat might have just missed their chance really like unless it's miami maybe something falls out of the sky and they get cosmically lucky again like they do from time to time but um uh, but Brooklyn and Miami are probably the two teams in the Eastern Conference that actually have some. Like the Sixers are obviously also that team, but they have nothing to trade, so it doesn't really matter for them. But 
for Miami, they have two first round picks. They at least have a few young guys that are like interesting, I guess. Like you might be able to talk yourself into Jovich or Gabe Vincent or or one of these guys that they've discovered out of nowhere, like like they always do. Um and and then they so they have the picks as well. And then the Nets, they have that future Sixers pick, the 2027 pick. And then they also have salary filler, and then they have interesting young prospects like Nick Claxton that we've talked about. The Heat seem like the most logical destination for Crowder, but I just don't know how that trade is going to work. The other team that is in interested in Crowder and is also interested in Kyle Kuzma is the uh, is the Hawks. So the Hawks are apparently interested in. Kuzma, they're still looking to move John Collins, if you've ever heard this one before. I will say that there was the wording in the Shams article made it sound like, I know it's he's going to word things a certain way, but it made it sound like it's a guarantee he's going to be traded, basically, for, oh, okay. finally. He said, he said, in the meantime, two notable names surely on the market and on the move are Jay Crowder and John Collins. Which I don't think I've I, I know they've always felt out the market for John Collins and just never been able to make a trade for him. No. But it does feel like John Collins actually could be traded. Now, once again, the Crowder trade gets complicated for Collins because if you're get if you're trading John Collins for Jay Crowder and expiring Jay Crowder, you're gonna want to get back more. And yep. also Phoenix doesn't want to take on the money. But there are other teams yep. interested in him, apparently, which include the hold on one second. Let me just pull up. Could the, be Miami. So it's not Miami. Sean Collins, really? Okay. No, Utah, who I mentioned last week, I had the fake trade on on the Patreon episode where they get John Collins. Uh the Washington Can you Wizards. Imagine going for Atlanta to Utah. Like, God damn. That's, tough. <clears throat> That's, That's brutal. That's tough, but also you're John Collins making $25 million a year, and you'll probably get to the chance to be a little bit more <coughs> of, of the man when you get away from uh, Trey Young, which is something that it seems like he's wanted to do for a while. So I guess, yeah, I guess I, that's true. I, I guess it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, and then so so it's Utah, Washington, Brooklyn, and Dallas. Um, apparently Atlanta proposed or the Nets proposed a deal that would have included Joe Harris to the Hawks in a construction, Ooh. and the Hawks didn't want to take back Joe Harris, which I don't really get from their perspective. Um, I guess if it's an injury concern, maybe like, yeah, maybe this was a dated reference. Like maybe this was a, a move they tried to make a month or two ago. And now, but like Joe Harris is looking healthy again. Yeah. Apparently, Matt Brooks just came out with an article today saying that he's playing the best defense of his career. His shot finally started falling recently. So like, I don't know. That seems like, like, and, and even if Joe Harris, that's one good yeah. next that nets are, Hey, like they're they're around, man. Like they might they might be that fourth team in the East. Like they might be fourth. I would say third. Oh, the Cavs. The Cavs. That's yeah, what I was yeah, gonna yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, the Cavs. I forgot about the Cavs. Yeah. 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 I was gonna say I still give the Cavs the benefit of the doubt. The Cavs are just gonna. Be... Yeah. By the way, um, I somehow missed this when we started recording, but like um, slop news from like right when we started. Uh, Kane's having season-ending surgery. Whoa. Yeah. So. They're on the shin, so Woj or Shams reported Woj. So wow, so no more, no no Cade for the rest of the year. So that is wow. a that is a Wemby 
I, I, I'm sure he could have been back at some point, probably. But like, they said that they were they were they were trying to figure it. They were going to see how it was when he got. And yeah, like two or three weeks ago, they said like he could be in, he could be out. But uh, I'm sure it's like, what's the fucking point? Like right. the Pistons are are terrible. Um, yeah. They're tanking. There's no point in really. Re- they're their last place in the Eastern Conference, seven and twenty-two. Like, if anything, I think this makes trading Boyan even more likely. Um, especially because now I everything it said in that article was that they didn't want to trade Boyan, but I I think it's all just like positioning and like being like, no, we don't want to trade him. But like, man. What a rough start to Cade's career, dude. Jesus, yeah, that sucks. I know. We we uh, we we make fun of Cade to get at people that need to be made fun of, but yes. uh, you know, but I actually do want to see. I think I think Cade is an all-star eventually, you know, yeah. at least a couple times in his career and I want to see him do well. So hopefully he gets right and you know, they get one more piece around him and he can kind of be you know, the guy who he should be, which is the second best player on a really good team, like championship caliber team, second best player on a championship caliber team, I think is what King Cunningham is. And uh, I'm excited to see it for him. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that the only silver lining you can take from this for as if you follow the Pistons is that you're going to have so many good prospects that like, yeah, for the future, even if two or three of them, if two of them hit, you're golden, basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when, when you're drafting that high, that regularly, I think they've done a pretty decent job of drafting. I don't think that they've been I think they they kind of just take the logical guy to take. Um and uh yeah, so hopefully that yeah. that bounces back for them. That is that is it's tough. It's gonna make it's gonna make the Ivy versus uh Cade thing really interesting though, to see who's who's the guy who's backing up uh Killian Hayes in the next great <laughs> So Killian Hayes, no, here it is. Killian Hayes, Scoot Henderson with Ivy and Cade coming off the bench. Off the bench, yes, perfect. There we go. No. Beautiful. Uh, Cade Scoot, of course, is, is is simply running. He's there to screen for Killian. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he's a distraction. Just yeah, to, he's know, there. Get, he's, yeah. It's the off-ball motion. It's like exactly. the clay in the quarters, flaring to the quarters, so. Killian, exactly. Killian can run his stuff in the middle there. Uh so the Nets, I, I just want to touch really quickly on so it seems like the 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 Kuzma so the Kuzma rumors seem to be there might be a little bit of smoke behind it. And I've kind of thought that there has been real interest in Kuzma. Like I, I know teams want Kuzma, but I think that there is a real chance he gets traded just because of the way that Zach talks about it. Like yeah. Zach, Zach on his podcast has said multiple times that because of Kuzma's contract situation, because of things that he's heard, like he wouldn't be shocked if Kuzma was one of the guys getting moved at this deadline because, you know, he has a player option after the year. There was a report. I'm not sure how much I believe it, that he wants to play for a contender and, or in a big market. I mean, it seems like something Kyle Kuzma would, would like, like Kuzma, as I've, said before he's like a zooland character he's just zoolander character just like you know with the fashion and he's just a total goofball but but there were a few ideas that i had here that were like so why don't i guess there, there were two trades one trade that i had was the construction was exactly and it, the, these are based on rumors that the wizards are interested in john collins 
and the Hawks are interested in Kyle Kuzma, both of which have been reported by Shams. Why don't they just trade Will Barton and Kyle Kuzma for John Collins? That works. Seems, seems pretty fair. How, how many years does Kuzma have left on his deal? He's expiring, but but if you're trading for him, you might get that, hey, wink, wink deal. We'll re-sign there. Atlanta's going to be a competitive enough team. He'll still get enough, I think, touches and like on-ball reps to satisfy how much he'll probably want the ball. And yeah. he brings at least a different element at that four spot. Like we talked about last episode, them trading for Tobias Harris. And like Kuzma is essentially going to give you a lot of what Tobias gives you. The scoring and shooting isn't quite as good as Tobias, but he'll he's a better rebounder and defender than Tobias. And he also will make... And I had this question was, is Kuzma having his 2018 Clipper season where he just plays like way over his head and then he gets traded to a team and then they have to pay a ton of money to keep him, which is what the Sixers did. Uh, so that would be the only thing that I'd fear. Like some team just offers them like 30 million in free agency. And then you're like, shit, now we have to pay to keep this guy. Well, it's also, it's kind of funny. Cause like Kuzma's like <clears throat> his career, he's kind of evolved throughout his career. Uh-huh. Because he was kind of a hooper when he came into the league. Like, he yeah. was kind of a bench scorer. Like, he was yep. a microwave scorer when he came into the league. That's not, like, really what he is now. Like, now nope. he's kind of more known as, like, a glue guy, like, Larry Nance-style, like, kind of defend, rebound, yep. forward-type, you know, switching 3-4 guy. Um, and those guys are valuable. Like, I do wonder if John Collins' value has fallen so far that, four years of John Collins at like a pretty good contract for yeah. what John Collins provides. I feel like that's got to be more valuable. I feel like they'd, they'd have to get something else. Back. I'm going to be honest. I think yeah. I'd rather have Kyle Kuzma than John Collins. Like I'm just think, like I would too, but it's, yeah. if it's a half year of Kyle Kuzma versus yeah. four years of, of, you know, John Collins, I mean, I, I get it, but like, like you don't know what, Kuzma's next contract is going to be because sure. the other thing is like the agent has you over a barrel once you've traded for you know what I'm saying like absolutely because there is I mean, maybe there's a wink wink deal but the guy like has to want to go there because otherwise if you trade for a guy and you give up real stuff like John Collins now the agent says oh oh boy it's exactly yeah. what the Sixers have oh so yeah. you just traded for Tobias Harris you're just going to let him walk to Utah or Brooklyn like, no, you're going to pay us the most amount of money possible to keep them because if not, then you lose Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris in the same offseason and you just traded everything you have for them, you idiots. Yeah. Yeah. God. That's the, well, that's the, same, exact, but that's the same exact thing that Kuzma's agent yeah. could be doing, which is right. like, like, basically, he might say, like, hey, we want to extend, but, like, you can't extend till the offseason and it is a calculated risk because he's an unrestricted free agent. I, I think the Wizards could get real... Return. I think John Collins would be great return for him. Um, yeah, I think because I, I think I, I just I'm a little. He must be like dog shit in the locker room or something <laughs> like that. Because I I really I get that he's like not everyone's bag, but like he's a very productive player who can space the floor. Yeah, like I feel like a good coach could use a guy like that that's got pop and like sure. you know can do a lot of that stuff. I don't know. I, it just seems weird to me how out the league is on him. You know, he seems like a pretty useful player. But to your point, like, yeah, hey, Kuzma, it's going to be a lot of people looking for Kyle Kuzma. You know who's going to probably going to be trying to sign him in the offseason? The Lakers. The Lakers. 
hundred percent. I went on. I it was so funny because last night when I went on chucking darts, he said, uh, "You know, you hear these rumors about oh, the Lakers want to try to acquire Kyle Kuzma," and I was like, "Wow, could you imagine? Could you imagine Kyle Kuzma on the Lakers? That would be fantastic." Yeah, <laughs> that would work. It's like, hold on, I want, I want to like set the scene for you guys. Okay, so they trade. They use two firsts and Russell Westbrook, and they trade him to the Bulls. And they get uh, Caruso, and they send they send DeRozan to the Wizards. And they get Kuzma and Caruso with Anthony Davis. Could and you imagine? It could would you be imagine incredible. how yeah. good how good those guys would be? Yeah. Look, I know they just traded for him, but try to get the Nuggets on the phone. Try to pry away Kentavious Caldwell Pope. That's just saying, like, you get KCP in the mix, that's just, look, that's golden. I know, look, I know Danny Green, they like him in Memphis as a culture guy, but Lakers, <laughs> oh, <laughs> the Lakers just three years later try to reconstruct the 1920 Lakers, and they're terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. Danny Green's playing on one knee. <laughs> like, Kuzma thinks he's a superstar. <laughs> What did, what did you think of this all? We're bringing up the Grizzlies. What did you think of Vernon's uh, Vernon's uh, saying that the the Grizzlies almost won the almost won the finals last year? Basically, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's an, uh, Vernon's Ver, Ver, Verno Verno is very interesting to me because Verno will do this thing where he will hype up a player that's on the Grizzlies, yeah. but then the moment that the Grizzlies let him go. He acts like he never hyped up that play. Like he does it with Melton. Yes, like he's like, I I, he, he loves Melton. And he loved Melton when he was on there. But then he but then they traded him for like Danny Green and David Roddy. And it's I honestly forgot da- Danny Green was in that trade. But yeah. like they trade him for Danny Green and David Roddy, and he's like, Whoa, what did everyone think they were just gonna be not good because they lost Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton? And it's yes. like, Yes, I did. They're both <laughs> very good players. Like, yeah. <laughs> DeAnthony Melton is when when the stars are out specifically is incredibly important to our team and was important to the Grizzlies as well. Yeah, I, I, I does it's not looking like I'm going to get my uh, play in tournament Grizzlies. No, I might have to finally give up. I, I, might, I might have to give up the ghost on that one, but I I will not be giving up the ghost on the uh, Grizzlies or playoff frauds. I'm not. They they barely beat they barely beat Cat having one of the worst playoff showings of all time. And yeah, I don't know. I, I just. I don't think uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of in on the Grizzlies as a playoff team this year. I'm not going to lie. All right, we're going to have to. Yeah, we'll, we'll disagree. have to disagree. Yeah. I just think with how much better Bain and Jaron Jackson have gotten, Jaws already. Like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll leave that be. I mean, they yeah. they, they were not close to a title last year. Let's not joke yeah. and, and act like they were. They would have got crushed in the finals even if they made it. Yeah. They who would they have played in the Western Conference Finals if they won that? The Mavs. Yeah, I don't even know if they beat the map. Like with Luca, yeah. like uh, I'm not sure. Like it would have been closer than. I think it's more a, a byproduct of they they match up well against the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, they do, and I, and I think that is something that has gotten them more respect. Like I, I think, like if I think if they play the Nuggets, they're going to be in deep shit. Like I, I, I think Maybe. that's a bad matchup for them. Like I think there's a couple of teams that are bad now. Given the West is not as good as I thought it was going to be, the Clippers. Seem to be dog dog water. Uh, they seem and- to match up pretty well with the Pelicans, but I, I, I've been saying on podcasts, I've been going on. 
if I'm the Pelicans, I'm I'm making all in moves at this deadline and trying to yeah. like I think the Pelicans we the, the rare reverse YKB curse. Yeah. That we said that they were gonna be West contenders, like potentially win the West, and they're five and zero since then. They're eighteen and eight yeah. now. Like they and they've been killing teams. So well, I think their over under was like forty eight. We both were like I think we insane. both locked the over. Yeah. Like yeah. we we we've been pro Pelicans this whole time. Like yeah. I think we both even said it almost is irrelevant whether or not Zion plays. <laughs> like, like, like they're going to be good either way. Yeah, and, yeah, and he right. is playing and he's absolutely crushing now. Now, now that he looks somewhat in shape and healthy. So let's go. Yeah. Oh, so, man. so we'll, we'll get to that stuff later before we move on from the slop stuff. We've literally been going on an hour on this one shams article that basically has the same recycled stuff we've been hearing for months, but it, it's the, the tiniest, it's December 15th this week. The trades are, are going to, the rumors are going to start popping up again. So I just want to, first off, I, so I actually kind of like the direction the nets have been going in, in the last few weeks. I don't understand their interest in John Collins at all. I don't think that John Collins fits with what they need. I would rather trade for Miles Turner if I'm trading for any guy that's available, uh, if that's possible. Uh, I'm just like, like, are you, if you're keeping Nick Claxton in this situation, you're trying to trade like Joe Harris and maybe the Sixers first round pick in 2027. Was that construction for John Collins? Like, how does Ben Simmons, Nick Claxton, and uh, John Collins work? No, my, Miles, it, you know, you need to have like Miles Turner with yeah. Ben Simmons. Like, yeah. just there's like there's like three front court partners in the league you could have with Ben Simmons, and yeah. like Miles Turner is one of them. So, yeah, yeah, it, 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 the John Collins thing does not make any sense to me unless he yeah. becomes a 40 point more willing three point shooter like he was. Uh, and, and even then, like, I still think his shooting's a bit fake. Um, yeah. Uh, I would honestly, I didn't know Kuzma isn't the greatest shooter, but I would rather have an athletic for like Kuzma and just put Ben at the five and try to outscore teams if oh. I were, if I were them. No, a hundred percent. No, John Collins is not a good fit with Ben Simmons. Yeah. It's just, a, no, there's no anything. Yeah. And then the last thing before we move on from this, the other team that was interested in Kuzma was the Suns. What if the, what if the Suns just called the Wizards and said, look, we have no trades for Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder, a first round, our first round pick this year for Kyle Kuzma and Kuzma wants out. Like this is in the situation where Kuzma wants out and he could be interested in going to the, to them because they're contenders. Like, is that something that you, you think both teams would be, would consider? Well, first of all, I think the aren't they adding three million dollars? Three million, uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, the, oh, the Suns. <laughs> the Never Suns mind. The, the deal yeah. falls through. The deal falls through there. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think honestly, I think that's a lot because they're Kuzma's better, but like you know that that's a lot on the surface. That'd be like, wow, why did why are the Suns giving up a first round pick there? But we know the context is that you're not getting anything yeah yeah because jay crowder just doesn't play for you so exactly you're essentially buying a player like, yeah just for their salary so yeah. and giving um, up like I, a late first for kyle kuzma would be great well, value and, and especially if you could re-sign kuzma yeah i like his fit with that team like going right. past chris paul like fits well next to deandre Ayton and like you know uh, devin booker mikhail bridges that's a i like that trade a lot actually now that i'm thinking about it that's and a then good, if cam johnson gets an offer somewhere else in free agency and you don't want to match it, you can do a sign and trade for and, and move on from Cam Johnson and you have Kuzma's insurance. Yeah. And if you're the wizards, or, like yeah. you can flip Jay Crowder too, mm-hmm. get something else, you know? Like, yeah. 
Yeah. Why not? The only thing, and I, I said this, was it, it actually goes back to the Russell Westbrook trade. And remember over the summer when we both didn't love the move? I believe you also didn't love the move for the Wizards when they traded KCP for Barton and yeah. Morris. We were both just like, it's kind of like a whatever move. Like, yeah. a move that looked like a master class from Tommy Shepard getting Russell Westbrook, moving him for Kuzma, KCP, uh, Montrez was included in that deal, but, but, you know, he was, he was solid yeah. for them, but like to then look at it a year later and be like, oh man, all you have left are Monte Morris, Will Barton. And if Kuzma walks in free agency or you don't get something back for him, like nothing really like, like they're going to, yeah. it's better than having Westbrook, but like, yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's the thing is you did avoid having Russell Westbrook on your yeah, team. You yeah. know? And you did have like a real team you can put around like Chris Haps Porzingis and, sure. and like Ed Bradley Beal, you know, like yeah. so you could like they were better with they were better with basketball. Russ though, to be fair. That's I guess that's true. That is true. Um yeah, I mean I, I think you know I think they will I think if they will either trade Kuzmo for something or Resign him. I doubt he just walks in free agency. Yeah, I think I if they're going that direction, they're probably going to trade him. So I think they will get something in the return because yeah. that because that was the big prize of that trade was um, was Kuzma. You know, sure. I do love KCP, but like, God, that was such a stinky deal. Nah, so Monte Morris is that Kuzma. Like, I, I think KCP is really good and can contribute to a lot of teams, but yeah. having a wing Kuzma size that can score, rebound, defend, like that's a yeah. That's uh, that's just a player you don't get for thirteen million dollars, which is why he'll make yeah. a ton of money after this year. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. All right. Better than Jason Tatum as Lakers uh, insiders. Let's, uh, what a perfect transition. Yeah. I, he was. So my question for you is: Do the Celtics beat the Warriors the other night with Kuzma instead of Tatum? You'd have to think so, right? <laughs> Um, no, so, no. So, let so me, we have let, to we so have to talk me. about this game. I, I just want to put the context of, of of this game before we get into it. Okay, because so let's start with me dying in my bed, like because <laughs> so, that's literally what's happening. Is I'm sweating. I can't, you knew it like, was coming. Actually, I can't actually. I'm watching the TV. I had to mute my group thread because I'm like I'm I'm like having cold sweats nights. So it's, I have the TV on. I keep falling asleep and passing out in that sickness. And I'm having like weird dreams. I think the dream I was having at the time was um, uh, Shigio Kagayama mob from Mob Psycho was calling me a baby and throw, throwing a fish at me. And then I'd wake up in like a cold sweat. And I'm like looking back at the screen and, and the score is just climbing. And I like look at my phone because I had to mute my thread. And I have 364 texts from on the Celtics group thread. And I, that's what I know. Like I, I fall asleep, but I've missed something. Quite One bad. for every day of the year. It, I, like I'm not kidding. That was the exact number. It was 364. I remember this like clear as day because and I was, I'm taking my milk of the poppy, which is what I call ibuprofen, um, just so I can like sleep a little bit more. I mean, like, look. Let, let's start here, okay? So, well, the, well, this... the, the context. I what I was going to say was the Celtics are coming off probably the best victory in the NBA this season, going into Phoenix and absolutely destroying the Suns in a way that made us think, wow, maybe the Celtics are like, and I've been high on the Celtics, but, but, but that game made me think I watched that most of that game and was like, 
oh wow maybe maybe this is like the warriors again like the, yeah. the, when they first popped on the scene um and maybe the suns are even bigger frauds than i thought uh also the suns shot like shit from that game but still they yeah. played horribly yeah. and and then they go into the warriors who have been struggling this year but have played better recently and it did feel feel funny i know they didn't have al horford for that game um and robert williams is obviously still out so that's not going to be the full team but it, it did just feel funny because you've been railing on the Warriors <laughs> and saying well, they're frauds, and then they play happened. their best game of the year. So, well, so this is this is how I wanted to start this segment is because, like, you know, we see this all the time. Like, we we have a name for these type of games, trap games, where you're you're playing <laughs> the second best team and or third best team in point differential one night, and then the next game on the calendar is the team that's fourth in the Pacific Division. Obviously, you're going to look ahead. On the calendar, like, well, oh, a five hundred team. You're gonna get. You're gonna get up for a five hundred team. Like, no. And look, it, it. That's what happened to the Celtics. That's what you get for looking past the team. You've got to. You've got to treat these these middling, um, pissant little uh, fourth in the Pacific Division teams more seriously. You've got to respect them. So, so. To quote the great Stephen A. Smith, oh sir, do you have any shame? <laughs> yeah, I have zero shame. Do you have I, any I have shame? Zero shame. I have okay. Zero shame. So, so the reason the reason I wanted to talk about this was because obviously all the stuff that we've talked about with the Warriors, um, it, it does feel and 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 I know this was not the Celtics' full strength team, but the Warriors also didn't have Wiggins. But the funniest part about it to me was that Bill did a whole podcast last week literally set up his boys although Jalen actually played really well in that game it wasn't even necessarily Jalen's fault that they lost there's but there's been a couple of games like that by the way this year yeah, well, it, it, <laughs> of Jalen showing up and Jason not I, and vice versa that, that's, yeah that happened a lot last year where it was yeah. vice versa where Jalen did, did not show up and Jason didn't so yeah. I I mean Look, but but I, I just I, want to say Bill Bill made it about this whole mental toughness thing and them wanting to prove to everyone that they're not afraid of anyone and all this stuff. And then they go into Golden State and Tatum plays his worst game of the season. Let's be like yeah, I mean, oh yeah, he's been we, we've talked about it. Like he was probably the MVP front runner going into that game, and he probably still is, but he I, has I don't think so. You think that one game is such a yes. big narrative? Yes, that narratively that's that's killer. Because because mm. that's the guy. That, it's so early though. It's December. I know, but that is going to stick with people. I'm telling you that these are the games. There's like seven ga- regular season games that matter, and this is one of them. Yeah, like, that's true. That's the thing. I think so. That's the thing. Um, I mean, like like now putting aside all of my like things and everything. So the 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 real thing is, you know, the, the Warriors are, are probably a little better than the record. Uh, I do think the Celtics kind of like shot like shit and like I you know maybe maybe there is something to um you know that the the Warriors just do kind of have the Celtics number in terms of matchup because the old Celtics that went the other way where yeah. like when the when the Warriors were really good the Celtics were the team that would like hand them their first um home loss that year they were undefeated until way late in the year it was the Celtics who finally beat them on the road um the year they were like 73 and died or whatever. Yeah. yeah, um, And the Celtics weren't that good. So like, you know, maybe they have figured out something um, to Tatum. Um, I think it's more likely that just Tatum, 
that's Tatum's defining characteristic as a star is he just has stinkers. Like he had, he's had a couple recently. Like he, he just really will um, just have games where he's just like not good. And, and that was like one of the, he's had a couple other ones. Um, one against the heat too. One yeah, against I mean, the it, heat. It, 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 he had one really good game against the heat. And then Jimmy came back and it was like, it was the, I believe it was the game Jimmy played in that, that Tatum struggled as well. Well, it's funny because you see in those in the 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 overtime game they lost against the Heat in this mm-hmm. Warriors game, you kind of you see the playoff, you see the same things you saw in the playoffs, right? <laughs> like of like where if you can get Jason Tatum out of rhythm, um, and like two of the guys don't, two other guys don't shoot well, like Derek White, all playoffs last year was for whatever reason a twenty nine percent all of a sudden just became a twenty nine percent three point shooter sure. in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you suddenly you could beat the Celtics. Like you, you and I think the Warriors like sort of understood that, you know, and I think they understood they got Clay going early, uh, which I think was important. Um, because that's the other really important part of their team that's a little shaky, you know, is if Clay because I think that's probably their biggest wild card, right? Like is if, if Clay could be Clay that all of a sudden the Warriors are a very different team. Like they're, they're the favorites in the West again. Like yes, that's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think the Warriors, I think got up for that game. I think they, I think that was uh, a big game for the Warriors. Did you see what Jason Tatum said after the game? No, I was didn't. it Jason Tatum or was it Jalen Brown? I think one of them said, I think this game was a lot bigger for you guys than it was for us, which which is like the funniest thing you could possibly say in that situation. Well, one well, of the things I was going to say was that that it, it does feel as though the Celtics are this, and and maybe this is I'm just taking the one Grant Williams statement when he was like, "We should have won," and like was like pissed about it. Yeah. But the but the way that the Celtics have carried themselves since the finals is that it does feel like they felt like last year was a little bit like. It probably was, uh, and I think that they're going to have another. I picked them to win the finals. Like obviously, I think they're they're going to have a, another chance this year. But like they saw it as a prime opportunity, and I think that the Warriors and their arrogance <laughs> and and rightful arrogance—they've been the best team in the NBA for a decade. Like they should be this arrogant and confident about themselves. The yep. Warriors took it as kind of like, oh, you you thought that like. Like, like, the, like we aren't shit. Basically, like, like you're, yeah. like you, you look at it like that was our title to win. The Warriors stole it from us, but it, really, all of it just comes back to once again Steph's greatness. In that, like that, like someone said to me the other day, like that was like the sixth best Warriors team from the past decade. <laughs> like, they, like that wasn't even one of the top yeah. four Warriors teams, and they right. won the title anyway because Steph was so good. So, so I. <clears throat> I guess my whole thing here is I think the Celtics can beat anyone in the NBA, but it does feel as though that the Warriors are probably going to be their hardest matchup again, just because they're the Warriors. Like the Warriors are the Warriors until Steph is not Steph anymore. They're going to be the force to be reckoned with in it out of the West. Yeah. No, they, they have a uniquely, um, I, I think there's that thing where, it, it, I think it's the same thing to the Heat, where it's like if you're a team that plays steals, 
Um, mm-hmm. And is very handsy uh, with the ball, like what the Warriors do, because they, they don't have any of their options. They're not going to sure. overpower you with physicality. Like, you know, that, that is literally the only way the Warriors can play. Their um, speed and feel. That's their right. whole thing. Yeah. Now, I, I do think, you know, again, I think the finals would have been different if Rob was 100%. I think that game would have gone a little differently. This is, this is the matchup where, because everyone says, look at how good the Celtics are playing without Rob Williams, trade him. This is the Rob. This is the type of series where you need Rob Williams. Like this is the versatility because I, I don't think the Warriors have any have any answer for Robert Williams, and I think that's that is this is a game where you would have in a series where you would need Rob Williams quite a bit. I don't think the Celtics are going to see the Warriors again. Um, that's you know, what that, the, if you're a Celtics fan, that's got to be like you just got to be like, well, well, we'll just. I think you guys are going to win the East. I mean, maybe the Bucks. We talked. I don't about know. Them, I, I'm still. I'm not looking past the Bucks. Let me put it that way. I, no, I no, no. You should have a lot of. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the Bucks have a very good chance to. A lot of things could go wrong for the Celtics. Like I, I, sure. I think the Bucks. Honestly, I, I think a bad series against the Cavs too. I've like I. I don't think. I I, I don't think the Celtics could lose in round one, but I do put a floor on the Celtics of. I don't think it's impossible for them to lose to the Cavs if, if, if like, a couple guys get hurt and some things break wrong in round one. I, the Cavs are not a good matchup for the Celtics. Have <laughs> we heard anything about Chris Middleton? Because, I don't know, like, like I know he just sprained his ankle. Like, I think he's going to be fine. I don't think his injury is serious. But, like, Chris Middleton was finally starting to look like the same kind of player again, and he got hurt. And, like, I'm sure the Bucks are just being super cautious, but, like, I think that when it comes to these injuries, like history tells us that when a guy can't really stay healthy, it's tough for him to, you know, continue to play throughout the regular season and then be healthy for the playoffs. So it's at least something to keep an eye on because I think yeah. this, the Bucks are a very different team without Chris Middleton, as we well, all know. Well, I want to go back to that quote, and I'm trying to figure out who said it, but whichever Celtic said it. So when they said it was a bigger deal for you guys, they meant the fans. The oh, media. okay, gotcha. So I thought you meant the Warriors. Like, I was no, like, oh, no, no, that, that's they bold. Say that. So, so that was their point. Was like to them, this is part of the season. You know, this is a game that you play like any other. You know, that they they were trying to say. I, I don't really believe that when they say that. I, I think that that's total they, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say this. They, if they yeah. win this game, they're they're saying the exact opposite in the press conference. Yes. they're 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 yeah. saying we wanted to make a statement. Yeah. So, and I think that, you know, I don't know. I, I, I do. I, I just think that the Celtics, the way that this is, because I think they understand the Boston media, because that's the other thing is also the reaction has been insane. There has been an outsized reaction. I think it is insane to say that, like, all of a sudden the Celtics are like, like all of their goodwill vanished in one game in, in Boston. I don't know, like uh, in the echo chamber, the Celtics echo chamber that I live in. There Bill, are, Bill was panicking on the pod, on his podcast with Sal today, by the way, about the Celtics. This is, like, well, this is what it, I'm saying. Like that is so insane. Like this is just you're so gun shy. Because I like I get it. Because there are things to worry about with the Celtics team. For example, close records, overtime, um, close games in overtime. The Celtics are not very proven there. Like now, given it doesn't matter when you blow out a team by twenty points, sure. but the Celtics aren't that great in close games, to be honest. Like, and that is something that can come back to haunt them later on. But I don't know. I just think that that's a perfectly this is a perfectly designed game to take fan brain 
and turn yes. it to like seven thousand. You know what I'm well, saying? That's what like, I was going to say. Was yeah. because because Bill built his whole thing on this mental toughness thing instead of like uh really what happened was was like skill development like 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 jason tatum and jalen brown have got have developed whether it is and sure maybe mental toughness is a skill in itself but like it's more like these guys just realize hey we are in we we get better every single year we're going to work on our games in the offseason we're going to come back even better the next season as we discussed in the last episode Jalen Brown is shooting out of his mind on pull-up mid-range shots in a way that I don't even think is sustainable which has made him look even better than he probably is and I think that like the mental toughness element of it is like if you build your entire thing on that which most sports fans think is more important than like actual talent (laughs) and especially Bill it's like that 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 game will crush your what you thought about a team, even though they're what twenty one and six the, and the, the best mental, team in the NBA. They they do this. They he and Russillo both do this insane armchair psychology thing for yes. like Smart Brown and Tatum, all three yeah. of those guys. I can tell you right now, those guys have been mostly the same. They they have gotten a little bit close. They've gotten closer. They understand each other better. Those guys have been. They've gotten more talented as players. They've developed skills. Uh-huh. They have not gotten more mature or anything like these guys came in mature. They came yeah. in ready. This is it is insane fan brain thinking. What I was going to say for his terms of fan brain is like this was if you're a fan of the Celtics, the Warriors beat you. They made you very sad. And this is the one you wanted was this team made me sad. So I want to see my team beat them as payback. And you spend all of this whole year, you spend a quarter of the year just edging like oh the celtics are so good the celtics are so good they're the best team of all time the warriors are bad the warriors are bad the celtics are good and you're just watching the tidal wave come towards it on the schedule like yes we are going to blow out the warriors by 40 points and i'm finally going to get call steph curry a little bitch and it's like my life is finally going to be good again and and as the wave crashes down it's like Ah, nope, they have one of their only bad games of the year. They have one of their three regulation losses of the year so far. <laughs> like, and and that is just insane. That is, like, that just drives, that's what everyone is really bad about, is that you, the Celtics got in the way of writing the hurt that they still carry in their heart from the finals. That That is what this is about. Like, is, this is, this was supposed to be a revenge game and they didn't get the closure that they needed. Uh, which, like, I, I, it's like, I don't know. I Like, I'm sorry. It's annoying they didn't win, but there was, like, no Al, no Rob. Like, I'm sorry. That's, like, that was always going to – you're on the road, too. It's not, it's not like it was a home game. Well, like, I think, just, if anything, it reinforces what we talked about in the last episode, which is that the Celtics should probably figure out an emergency third big. Because – Look, not every team's the Warriors, and not and I'm sure uh, whoever you're throwing out there, Cornette and Griffin and, and Blake or whatever, can can be fine in these regular season games against the Hornets and the Grizzlies or whatever. But like when you get to the playoffs, it's a different beast. Like it's just yeah. you're going to be facing good teams every night, and like if Rob or Al is out on a given night. Like they tried to go small with Tatum and it was at Tatum at the five, which didn't make any sense. I don't even think they went with Grant at the five, if I remember correctly. And it was not good. The results were very bad. And I think it would just be nice to have that third option, is my point. Yeah. I I'm trying to find the stat because I know 
shout out to my buddy Brian, I think, who was the one who told me this. I think the Celtics are 0 3 when they have more than two days rest. So the Celtics are rhythm merchants. They are rhythm merchants, is, is the real thing here. So what you're telling me is that in the playoffs, oh, no, I guess in the playoffs, they only give them one day off in between games, usually, right? Two, so, at, two at the maximum. So more so than two, like, is You're is saying the, that we. Sixers Celtics, we got a chance. We just got to hope. Yeah, say, if that's a three week long series, because like Slip, say, Slipknot is playing at the Wells Fargo Center. Center then, yeah, exactly. You need to kind of get a, a fuck, dance yourself clean guy. Um, uh, LCD sound system. Yeah, James LCD sound system to play right. a, a residency. Wells Let's go. Fargo to get, I'm down. To I'm down. Get, get him on the phone. Get the I thing lo- delayed. Yeah. yeah. I love me some James Murphy. I've seen his DJ sets before. They're great. Yeah. Um, So. So, yeah, I think the Celtics are going to be fine. It was just funny that after – I really just wanted to bring that up, especially because of the fact that you've been, you know, kind of hating on Steph and the Warriors. Um, and then also, more importantly, that Bill kind of hyped up the Celtics and Jalen and, and Jason for being this duo uh, that was unbeatable. And then they obviously lose in, uh, you know, like you said, their third regulation loss of the season. I think they'll be fine. I think you guys are still the, the favorites. But – the, the the Warriors the, the Warriors thing I, I I feel like Zach when I think about this because it's like last year when the Celtic or when the Raptors and the Sixers played in the playoffs one of the things Zach said was like well like the Raptors are like the nerd team like I love the Raptors every podcaster loves the Raptors the Sixers have Joel Embiid and James Harden. And they might just be the better team, basically. And if that is the case, then why aren't we just picking them? Like, my whole thing with the Warriors is like, are we just overthinking the Warriors because they started poorly? And, like, they still have not lost a playoff series with those three guys when they're healthy. Is back. So we'll just edit that part out. Yeah. Yeah, So your power went out? Yes. Delightful. Um, oh my God. We, Steph Curry is just, he's pulling your power. Yeah, I was going to say, this is the Warriors. The Warriors have me down horrendous. I mean, I do, like, uh, I, I mean, I have to take it on the chin. Uh, I, I think, I think I, I'm still mostly, I still feel pretty comfortable in my overall analysis of the Warriors. I think they've got a real starting lineup. Um, I think a lot is going to depend on for them what they do at the buyout. Uh, <clears throat> the only thing I did get wrong <clears throat> is I do think the West is weaker that I thought it, it was going to be. And I think it's absolutely possible that they could come out of the West. Um, I just don't think it's likely. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't think the Warriors are like, like, if, I think it's like last year. I think if you run the West in a simulation, like six times last year, or like a hundred times last year, the Warriors come out of the West, like 80% of the time. <laughs> like, like, I yeah. think they were the clear favorites last year. And sure. this year, I think they come out of the West like 30 out of 100 times. So I just don't think it's super realistic. But Okay. So I, I just want to say, though, yeah. since they won their first title, yep. there has been – okay. So I, I guess the Raptors year – no, because Clay was in and out of the lineup that year too. Like every time that those three have been healthy – the Warriors have at least won the West. The league was like not as talented. True, that's true. It's yeah. it is much yeah. better now. 
And like, like, a- look, the East with LeBron was like the Celtics were a one seed. The Isaiah Thomas Celtics were a one seed. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, like it's it's just like. West had some good teams, though. The West had some good teams. Yes, the West did. The Spurs, the Thunder before KD left, and yeah. Well, that's the thing. Once they got KD, it became a disincentivizer yeah. to everyone. Only yeah. like one other team tried. And that was the Rockets. It was yeah. like the Rockets and Cavs were the only teams in the league trying. You know, yeah. so I think this most recent title they did is the most impressive of their titles, yeah. just in terms of like, um, in terms of unlikelihood. I mean, maybe their first one too but like uh, i don't know i i think i think it's impressive i mean hey credit to the warriors they were they were ready to play steph out played uh data did a big game of the year so i've lost a lot of agenda i've kind of got to eat shit there <laughs> like, yeah i know it's it's uh it is what it is you know uh i do think celtics fans shouldn't get very carried away with it um i hey i i do think you know i, I think the warriors at least put to bed some of some of my slander which is that you know the celtics were tired hugo did you see hugo had a pretty good tweet um that was like uh jason he said something about jason tatum we can we can all agree jason tatum wasn't injured now right (laughs) and i was mad but god damn it wasn't a good tweet (laughs) gotta give him credit i I actually credit yeah (laughs) i actually kind of uh kind of agree with him it was fake but anyway um but yeah, I, I I do think that maybe we overreacted a little bit to the war like uh, and and once again we know that the simple fixes for the Warriors are basically like can we just squeeze out one more rotation guy that yeah. isn't James Wiseman and that's probably going to fix a lot of their issues uh, in the playoffs at least if they can remain relatively healthy the uh, John- Jonathan Kaminga Jonathan Kaminga played. I've seen Jonathan Kaminga play two of the best games of his career in the past two weeks, and I've not ever been a Kaminga guy. But if he could even be a rotational wing for them, like he was playing big minutes in that game, and he won't be playing big minutes for them in in these games because Wiggins will be. So there's at least some hope there that with Kaminga he can play, and if Kaminga can play and be a solid guy and Poole has figured some stuff out, then they really just have to upgrade like one more rotation spot to be like a problem again, I think. Yeah. No, and you know, that's the other thing though is they also just need to be healthy. Um, yeah, that's like the most important thing, you know. Is is you know, because Dr- Draymond, they, they need Draymond, they need Clay, they need Wiggins, all three yeah. of those guys to stay healthy. Like the only guys they can really survive injuries to are Poole and Thompson. You know, like they just they they don't have like if the Celtics lost Jalen Brown. I don't think their title chances are necessarily like over just because of their depth. You know, like I, sure. I think that, the, you know, they, they're not favorites anymore, but I don't think that they're like over. Uh, I think the Warriors, like if they like lose Wiggins, I, I think they're just not getting out of them. Yeah. Like the that's, West, you know? that's like, probably what it really is, is that yeah. they're, that their top three or four guys are so important to like what they do as a team because they can't really rely on the depth. Even though Steph gives you a pretty wide margin for error because he's just goes nuclear yeah. and and is like as Derek White said on JJ Reddick's podcast is like it's forty eight minutes of where Steph Curry is when you're going against them because like yeah. you're constantly having to run around screens and and do all the things that make Steph a, a superstar. So, um, so okay. Last thing I wanted to get in here, and I started to talk about it because I thought you were gone for the episode, but um, mm. 
basically that you know Joel Embiid has another incredible game last night, fifty three points. Um, is now leading the NBA in scoring. I forgot about that part. Pretty incredible. Second straight year that he's been leading the NBA in scoring. Um, why are you laughing? I it just you your reaction the way you're announcing this is like. It's it's like you're announcing that like your girlfriend has found a second boyfriend like in front of the... yeah so, it's so you anyway, know, my it's girlfriend's leaving year. me it's his second it's year over. leading the league in scoring God, good for him that sounds <laughs> awesome God, you know look I love him I'm happy for him that's a great thing for him so the reason I say this is because, and even Joel kind of joked about it last night on Instagram. It's, it is, it does feel like that. Like it feels like, and I don't know how to explain this because, and I've been kind of pushing off saying this, but like everyone kind of, whenever they talk about the Sixers has this same feeling of like, it's, it's kind of over. Like it just feel like, and I know it's early and it's easy to say that now and you never know what's going to happen, but like they needed 53 points from Joel Embiid in an incredible game from him. He was hitting tough shots. He was at one point, he had three straight and ones, uh, which I've never seen before in any game before uh, to have three straight and ones and convert all the, all the free throws successfully. Like he was incredible. He was awesome. But at the same time, like the Sixers don't do like when I watch the Celtics and the Warriors and even like the Suns and like the teams that have been in the finals the last few years, maybe with the exception of the Bucks. The Bucks do it sometimes, but like mostly those teams, like there's ball movement, there's plays being run, there's hustle on defense, there's getting back in transition, there's fighting for offensive rebounds, and the Sixers just do nothing that like good teams do. <laughs> I think, and, and and like that—that's really what it comes down to—is like watching the Sixers team. It kind of feels like it's a little bit over because they don't do the things that like most teams do at the highest level that they could scrape out victories on the margins basically is what I'm trying to say here. And having to, and like Joel posted the, on Instagram, like his teammates uh, were like, hold up, let him cook like the toy story, uh, whatever uh, kingdom hearts, actually. kingdom hearts. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The kingdom hearts. I, I knew yeah. the game, but the I could Woody, the Woody holding yeah. out his arm. Yeah, to, yeah. Uh, let him cook. Let him cook. <laughs> but um, it, it feels it, it it feels like why do you need Joel Embiid to score fifty three points to beat the Charlotte Hornets? Like, like I can't even take a positive from it like I usually would because everything just feels like a fucking mess. And may, and once again, yeah, maybe Maxi as as someone said in the comments, Maxi coming back will bring some joy back to the team and maybe light something under up They're 17th in offense right now. Their defense has been much better. I expect that to be regress a little bit, but I think their offense should hopefully get better. But like, I don't know, dude, like it's one of those things where I feel like a little bit of a broken record, but like I want, I almost had a fucking meltdown during that Lakers game. I did have a meltdown during the Lakers game the other night. Uh, when they they blew uh, a, a ten point lead in thirty seconds, and the Lakers sent it to overtime, like it, it, it's just like what what do I even take from these games? Like you have to have Joel Embiid score fifty three points to beat the Hornets. You you don't do anything that winning teams do. You almost blow a lead to the fucking Lakers, man. Like the Lakers suck. 
and they were playing with more intensity and more energy and they knew they could come back at the end of this fucking game. I I I'm very much like the only thing that I could possibly hope for is Maxi come back comes back and it reinvigorates the spirit of the team and they start to play like an actual fucking team because right now it's just like even the wins don't they feel kind of empty in a way that I had never expected uh th- this to go. <laughs> It's just crazy. Like, I thought they were going to be a really good regular season team, and they just don't fit or work at all. Hey, hey, well, you know why? You know why they needed 50 points to defeat the Hornets is because Joel Embiid looked at his bench, and he saw a man he deeply respects fighting for his job. And Joel I, said, you can't do this again. <laughs> Joel said, I, I need to save this man's job. I know our fans... I know our fans want this man to lead us for more. I need to get this win. Oh, I actually did want to ju- this just the last thing before we get out of here. Rich Hoffman from The Athletic, who covers the team, was basically like, I've never seen a fan base have a disdain for a head coach like I do. Like, covering the team up close and personal. And he, he's, he didn't flat out say it in the article, but he was essentially suggesting that, like, it's possible that it could be getting through to the team as well. Like, like they know how much the fans hate doc <laughs> and they know how much everyone just wants them fired that like he, the implication was that like, it might actually kind of affect the on-court product. This is, what you gotta, this is what you've got to do. You've just got to like, you've got to make it uncomfortable. Like, Everyone knows that he's not fired because you still owe $24 million for yeah. the next like, like three years. Like, so got to do something. Sorry. Like, it is the first time that it is the first time that I've ever heard of that happening. Well, like where like the, the disdain for a head coach is so just blatantly obvious. And when, when you're, when you're rolling out there and you're just like, yeah, fuck it. Roll the ball out. We don't. I tweeted yesterday during the first quarter: no ball movement, no plays called, no hustle on defense, just vibes. And they're bad vibes. They're not even good vibes. They're just, they're just. There's nothing there. And 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 if it is, it, obviously the simplest fix would be to you know fire Doc. And we've gone over that a hundred times. I'm not going to go into it. But like, w- one of the things is that when you make all these all in moves, and then your on court product is just middling like i am left with no other feeling other than like it's gonna take a it's basically gonna take cosmic luck as i as i said on another podcast for the sixers to be able to swing back into contention make a team good enough around joel like joel has proven again he's good enough to be the guy but like is that enough when you're you're out of like you've fired all your bullets basically like that's it. That's that's kind of like it's like you don't have first round picks. All your prospects you either didn't sell at the highest point of their value, or you 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 need them on your team to co- continue to compete. Like you know, yeah, it would be great to trade Shake Milton because we have so many good guards. But like Shake Milton's been really important to the Sixers this year, which is crazy. Like that's kind of the position that they're in, and it feels very strange. Well, it's because that Shake Milton was one of their young players that they actually played, and when you when you actually play your young players, who's the person who doesn't actually play the young players? It's coaches like Doc Rivers not playing, so it's like a compounding problem. I don't know. I I I still I still say I think 
I think it's going to be surprising how good the results are. Like once there's any sort of um, practicing, let's say, <laughs> of, oh, good. Of, of playing basketball, <laughs> like from uh, uh, <laughs> a perspective. I, I, it seems like Doc, did, did the Sixers have practices? Like if the no. team like wasn't like. <laughs> like they have shoot arounds, but like I, I don't think they have formal practices. I re- I'm not even joking. Like George Niang got in trouble a year ago because he said on JJ Reddick's podcast that they don't practice. And then he had to come out and be like, Oh, let me just be clear on what I meant by that. And then like came up with like a lie. <laughs> like they don't practice dude. Like, like yeah. Tobias Harris said that like in the past, that the, one of the reasons why he thinks he's been able to play so many games in his career is because he's played for doc for so long. And because doc just doesn't have practices. And it's like, what are you doing? What are you, like, you just you're like you watch these games and you're like, yeah, we don't need to work on anything. Like, God damn, dude. I I don't know. I, I I think there's more hope in firing Doc than you seem to think. I, I think there's significant upside there, just in terms of vibes, in terms of because once you start winning consistently, a lot of this stuff changes. Like, yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, like, but like, then your stuff yeah. changes fast in the NBA, which we always talk. about. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I just want to say uh, I, I just want to look up who like. Can you think of a single coach that's been fired this deep into the season, other than for a playoff team, other than David Blatt? Uh, when was um, oh god, I'm blanking on his name. Um, team Lloyd Lloyd Pierce. What was Lloyd Pierce fired? Oh, uh, that's a good box. But he, they, by the way, they weren't a playoff team when he was fired. Oh, you mean they were a playoff team with when, when he? Yes. Yeah. Really? What are you guys like? Two games up out of the play-in? Like, yeah, we're, we're well. Yeah, that's true. I mean, with with the with the parity in the NBA right now, the yeah, like the Sixers are fourteen and twelve, and the Pacers are they're a half a game out of the play-in. So yeah. It, yeah. it, it, there, there's a so like what you're telling me is like I basically should be rooting against this. They should actually be rooting against the Sixers in the interim. No, because because I don't think it does any good right now. I think yeah. you, you need to be rooting against the Sixers in like February once the Eagles have won the Super Bowl. And ever and the, the, the the like the eye of Sauron of the city yeah, of Philadelphia yeah. turns sure. to the Sixers. Like yeah, yeah. It, someone said we should did. just talk about the Eagles and like. Uh, look, if the Eagles, if the Eagles flame out in the playoffs, that the, the, the fire and the passion of Philadelphia fans on the Sixers and specifically Doc Rivers will be historical. Oh so can you, I, I don't think there's going to be a bigger Eagles fan than every member of the Sixers coaching staff, because <laughs> if the Please. Eagles lose, it's just going to get channeled into like the rain. Yeah, rain. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, Lloyd Pierce got fired when they were 14 and 20. Right now, the Sixers are 14 and 12. Uh, and then they went on that run and whatever. So I don't know. I, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of pulling for some sort of uh, God. Like it, it's so hard to like root against the team that you have to watch. But like, if they lose to the Kings tomorrow, like. I don't know. Like they, uh, the, their upcoming schedule. They do have a homestand, which will help, and Maxi will be back soon, which will help. But uh, right now, they have the Kings, the Warriors. Their upcoming schedule is hold on: Kings, Warriors, Raptors, Pistons, Clippers, Knicks, Wizards. That's eh, not that hard. Like it's kind of like uh, for the modern NBA, that's pretty easy. That, that yeah. that's like 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 there there are yeah. some pretty mid teams in there for 
for yeah, I, I don't know. Well, we'll talk about it uh hopefully later. I will be doing uh a stream if you're still listening and watching. First off, thank you. Second off, I will be doing a stream during the Sixers Warriors game. So you'll get to see me potentially have another meltdown on playback. The link is in the description. Check it out with me this Friday. And uh yeah, sign up for underdog promo code slop. Uh anything else you want to say before we get off here, Sam? Um well, um, Sam Bankman Fried was arrested today in Bahamas. I think that's very interesting that they're arresting people associated with FTX. Um, so <laughs> just something for the league to take into consideration that FTX, anyone who endorsed the, the man behind FTX is, has been arrested. Um, maybe, um, you know, maybe they want to distance themselves from anyone who tied their name to FTXs, maybe disqualify them from any awards. Uh, maybe their team from any achievements they may have accomplished in the past calendar year. Uh, <laughs> you know, just something so, for the league to look into. If you want to extend it back a little bit further, in in this extends to the NFL, Tom Brady, <laughs> just <laughs> parody, satire. <laughs> I will, I will, I, by the way, I would absolutely trade all, every single Patriots title for one Marcus Smart ring. I, I am not <laughs> kidding. I, am, I would absolutely do that in a heartbeat. Just all gone. The whole Patriots dynasty. Poof. Don't care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Just for one, one, one beautiful Marcus Smart ring. That's all I want. You're a sicko. You're an I absolute sicko. sicko. I'm a pervert. Yeah. All right. Let's end it there. Right. I'm gonna clip that part, and 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 everyone's gonna kill you. Yeah, I was gonna say you put that one on TikTok, and just I'm 